Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. And once again, you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us and for being connected to our God, our Maker, our Father, um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through His Word found in the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, which is what we're all about here on this show. My name is Pastor Eric Jay. I'm the senior pastor at St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska, who sponsors this program. And as always, I'm joined in studio by two good friends, Jason, Chip, how we doing here on this third weekend already in uh, January? Well, the cool thing is we are four days away, gentlemen, from our live yeah, recording. Four days. Yep. This Thursday. Our uh, 200th episode celebration. Absolutely. We're recording that 200th episode on Thursday. We the are. The 25th. We're at? St. Mark Lutheran Church, 90th right. and Blondo. 1821 North 90th Street, 5 o'clock p.m. for Food and Fellowship, uh, which, by the way, if you want to join us for the Food and Fellowship part, please RSVP, because uh, we're only ordering food for those that RSVP, and so if you show up and it smells good and you get your hands slapped, <laughs> uh, that's because you didn't RSVP. So please go to the website, RSVP. We'd love for you to join us if you're in the area for the live studio audience recording of our 200th episode, which will air just Three days later. Yep. Uh, on Sunday. Uh, what date is that? By that's the twenty first. That's going to be the 20, uh, 28th. 28th. Yep. yep. I can do uh, math. Twenty fifth to the twenty eighth. <laughs> um, so five o'clock p.m. Food and fellowship at St. Mark, and then six o'clock we turn the mics on, um, and then just see what happens and uh, answer questions, uh, talk through Galatians still a little bit. I think that's what we're going to do. Is I haven't really decided. <clears throat> If we'll do something different for our 200th, but sure. I think uh, we'll just keep plugging through Galatians. Uh, that's the plan, at least for now. So go to eternalconnectionradio.com, and uh, right on the homepage there, you can see a big banner for our 200th celebration. We'd love for our listeners to join us for that and, and uh, get to meet you, get to know you. Um, that's probably the most favorite thing we do on this show is to be able to connect with people because that's who the gospel's for. That's right. It's for people, for sinners, of which uh, we are the chief among them. And so we get to share the good news that if God can have mercy on us, he can most definitely have mercy upon you. And we pray that is what you believe, that you live in the grace of God given to us in our Lord and Savior Jesus, and that we are saved by that grace alone, through faith alone, and not by any other work or accomplishment or achievement of man, which is really the theme of the book of Galatians as we continue to work our way through there. We'll be looking at Galatians chapter 3, uh, picking up in verse 1 after we do just a brief recap. Uh, but before we do that, Chip, Jason, you got anything else? Am I leaving out? 
Nope, but I look forward to meeting any of the listeners. The first time we did it at 100 episodes, Mm -hmm. it was a great time. So I highly recommend get out and let's uh, talk about some of these amazing things that you can learn in the Bible. All right. Chip, pray for us. Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your word that uh, you actually became flesh, uh, and you dwelt among your people, and you will dwell among us again. Uh, We look forward to that day when you come back and uh, bring all your children finally uh, to uh, -to face-to-face with you. What a glorious day that will be. Uh, Bless us as we spend time in your word, Lord. Uh, Amen. 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 So Galatians chapter 3, we're looking at verse 1, but before that, let's just do a very brief recap over where we are. Um, The entire book is named after the people to which this is written, the churches in Galatia, which again, as we talked about before, isn't a single church. It's a region, a province that has multiple churches that popped up in it as a result of Paul's missionary journeys. And he's writing back to them, uh, very concerned for them because uh, they have started to believe some wrong things. Uh, namely that their faith in Jesus isn't enough to be saved, that they have to have faith in Jesus, but that also has to be accompanied by good works, by certain things, namely in this instance, circumcision, uh, if they are truly going to be saved. Uh, So faith in Jesus, uh, the the lies that are being told is faith in Jesus is part of it, but not all of it. And Paul's argument is no, if faith depends in any way on us and what we do, then it is not salvation at all. It is, in fact, condemnation, whether that's circumcision or feeding the poor or having good thoughts and being positive. You can't do enough good things if, it is, if it's up to you to be good enough to be in heaven, uh, and you can't follow God's law enough. And that's really one of the misunderstandings I think we still have today mm-hmm. about God's law. God did not give us his law uh, necessarily to follow in order to be saved. He gave us his law to reveal to us that we can't be saved by our own work and effort. Uh, That doesn't mean that we can't obey the law. That doesn't mean that his law is null and void. It simply means that the law he expects can't be fulfilled by us. So the good news of Christmas, which we just celebrated less than a month ago, is that Christ came here to fulfill that for us. God came to submit himself under the law that he would fulfill it on our behalf. And that's something that Paul's going to say here in not too short order as we get further into Galatians that Jesus came under the law to fulfill the law for us. And really, as we talked about in the beginning of our study, every epistle, um, that Paul writes is broken into some chief parts. There's a greeting that he has. Uh, there's then an introduction. Um, uh, and then there's the body and then an exhortation uh, and a conclusion. And that introduction is usually filled with thanksgiving, um, where Paul would say, I'm thankful for all the wonderful faith you have. And we remember how he kind of leaves that whole part out here uh, for the Galatians uh, back in the beginning of of chapter one, because likely he was just so irritated that the good work he did of preaching Christ crucified and that he did it for us through his own death and resurrection was being undone by liars. Um, And and he just couldn't wait (laughs) 
to to undo um, the damage that had been done. And he kind of comes full circle with that here at the beginning of chapter three. Just before this, at the end of chapter two, Paul really kind of makes the first summary statement of the body of his argument. Uh, He gave his introduction. Uh, He kind of skipped over the thanksgiving. And at the end of chapter two, starting in verse 15, we really have a summary statement of what the point of this whole epistle is. And as we'll see, uh, he's going to continue to flesh this out a little bit. Uh, But this really could be considered the heart of Galatians. We ourselves are Jews in verse 15 of chapter 2, not Gentiles. And yet we know a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And really puts a cap on that in verse 22. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. To kind of sum that up, it's all or nothing, folks. Jesus did all of it for you or none of it has been done for you or by you. You're saved all by Jesus or you're not saved. Pretty sobering. Yeah. And, and, and I would say, although it's not the heart of this letter, that that includes the work or not work of faith. It's either all him or it's nothing. And that includes the ability for me to believe. Right. That includes me even knowing him because I wouldn't even know God if Jesus didn't come and reveal himself to me through his word. And, and faith is not a work of the law. Faith is not God saying, believe or else. Faith is God actually calling us to believe through his word. And I just, I just went through a whole men's retreat where uh, this was really a struggle for some um, in, in confusing faith itself and then where faith comes from. It is our faith. We have to believe. The issue is where does that faith come from? What's its source? How does it start? And the answer is always from God and his word. It's given to us as a gift. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, uh, I worked with you, for you, uh, for a couple of years. Sorry about that. One of, yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, we talked about is the fact that the preaching, uh, and I'll, I'll uh, hopefully not embarrass you, but the preaching, your preaching specifically at St. Mark is something that was so refreshing to me when I first visited because in so many churches that I've been in, they don't have that emphasis. Right. And we talked about the fact that that is such a dangerous proposition for the modern Christian church, especially in America, is, is this idea that somehow it's us doing it. And it's, this is the exact same thing mm-hmm. that the Galatians were struggling with. It's just over faith and not circumcision. It, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I, I remember that the first time that I talked about that, you, you had asked, well, what, it, what is so different? And I, I think that is exactly what it is. It's, it's the emphasis on what I, I, I uh, 
I sort of coined evangelicalism. It's mm-hmm. the the idea that it's my faith that I created it, mm-hmm. and you would think that that isn't how things are taught today in Christian churches. But so often it is. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't get that reaction right. of "Wow, I I haven't heard it put that way," mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important. I mean, you're you're kind of echoing what what Paul is doing yep. here, and and Paul. While angry, right, rightfully, at the people um, who were portraying these lies, he also was truly heartbroken over the people that were following. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, we, we could say the th- same things uh, about being bewitched that Paul's going to say in verse 1 of chapter 3, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Um, it, it, is, it is such a lie to think that we in and of ourselves can just believe in God based off of what we know and our, our just desire to be children of God. Meanwhile, uh, the Bible's clear that, I mean, of Philippians 2.17, the desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the spirit. That's how we're born. That's Isaiah, so frustrating. <laughs> Isaiah would say, right, um, in, in chapter 53 of Isaiah, talking about the, the suffering servant who would die for our sins, he says, there's no one that believes. No one comes to God. No one searches him out. Well, Isaiah is not using complicated language. He's saying that no one desires God by nature. No one seeks, seeks God out by their own desire. No, we only have the desire to know God because God has come to us. I was reading a, my daily plan and I was trying to find it as you guys were talking just a minute ago, because in my, my Bible app, it jumps around a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was talking about God met me when I was most empty Mm -hmm. And um, I really enjoyed that. I just don't recall where it was at. But, yeah, like, you can chase it or he'll come to you when, you know, when when it's time. Yeah, and he, he will come to us. And the I guess the point to this is the way that he comes to us is through his word. The only reason anybody knows about Jesus at all is because of words, right? His words preached from the disciples, words given to them by who? By Christ himself. And that's what Romans ten seventeen says. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. That's where faith comes from. It doesn't come from us. It comes from him. And here's why this is important. Peter was convinced he was going to be saved by his own faith, by his decision to follow Jesus. He said, Lord, even if all these other disciples fall away from you, I will never fall away from you. I'm committing my life to you. And then what does he do? I believe he denied him. He denied him three times. So be very careful if the confidence of your salvation is placed in the fact that you have chosen to follow Jesus. I would suggest my whole confidence comes from the fact that he has chosen me. And the reason is I believe, and I know that I can't by my own reason or strength come to faith. The fact that I believe at all shows that he has come and put it in my heart. And that's why I can say, I know for a hundred percent fact, I'm going to be in heaven because that can't come from me. I know me. So the fact that I believe at all demands 
the grace of God given to me. And this is right, Chip, you're right, why Paul is so passionate. Uh, it's almost as if he, he started off this letter uh, by going and saying, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. And then he talks about it for two chapters, and it's almost as if he's sitting here reflecting about how much they're giving up by trying to make this about what they do through circumcision. It's like he works himself up again to another Mm -hmm. precipice and says in verse one of chapter three, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Baskaino, which is the Greek word there, who has who has pulled the wool over your eyes? Who has twisted your mind? Who has deceived you? One of the translations is um, to to bring harm upon a person by by feigning praise. It's almost like you're going to praise someone, make them feel good about themselves, just so that you can deceive them and bring them harm. Who has deceived you? Who, who has twisted your mind around to, to actually believe what you did not believe before? And that's where he goes next in that very verse. Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes. Who has twisted your eyes around that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? You saw him crucified. Who has now deceived you into thinking that that wasn't enough. You know, I have a question that I suspect some of some folks might have. Okay. Uh, So you talked about Paul, uh, who has pulled the wool over your eyes. So what about those folks who have their eyes, the wool pulled over their eyes? Are, is there hope for them if, if at the end of the, their hour they have gone off the rails, mm-hmm. what's the result? Are you talking about eternally? Yeah. Judgment-wise? Uh-huh. Oh. Because, uh, you know, uh, the, the natural tendency for uh, someone that actually cares for their mm-hmm. fellow man would, would say, gosh, you know, they got tricked. Well, that's, that's what my first answer is. The hope is Paul is writing them a letter. Right. The hope is that there are people left who care about the truth and are going to speak to it and are going to do it in a way that honestly might offend the person, but hopefully offends them to waking up right. and twisting their eyes back around the other way. Who has deceived you? Well, I, who, who, what do you mean? Who deceived me? You didn't believe this before. What you believed was Jesus Christ crucified. When I came to you the first time, and that's really what Paul means when he says, before your eyes, Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Why he, do they stop at crucified and not risen there? Yeah, that's a great question, Jason. That is um, because it depends, oftentimes with Paul, it depends upon the focus he's trying to, to make. Right now, his focus is through his death, Christ paid for all of your sins. Right, the resurrection is justification. The resurrection is okay. That 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 payment was enough. It was sufficient, and now his new life is our new life. The cross itself, and I teach this to confirmands all the time. The cross itself paid for sins. That's what the cross did. We're not saved by the cross. That's one way of just kind of saying by everything that happened around it. 
the Jesus who lived and died and then rose again. But he's saying, you saw Christ crucified, which means you saw your sins in him. So why do you think that somehow you can still be good enough? He either paid for them all or he paid for none of it. And you saw him crucified. Now, the interesting thing is, did the Galatians see Jesus crucified? No. Were they there at Golgotha? No. This is Paul who came to the Galatians years after Jesus was risen from the dead. Mm -hmm. So how can he say, your eyes saw Jesus publicly portrayed as crucified? He's talking about their spiritual eyes were opened through God who granted them faith in the first place, right? Yeah, and how did he grant them that faith? Through hearing the word. Through hearing the word, absolutely correct. So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, the book of Corinthians also written by Paul. Paul says, when I came to you, brothers, meaning coming to the churches in Corinth, same same, uh, pagan Gentile people, just different territory. When I came to you, brothers, I didn't come preaching to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or or of wisdom, which the Greeks were all about, right? Philosophy, wisdom. Mm -hmm. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So when Paul's telling the Galatians, you saw with your own eyes Jesus crucified, he's really saying, I didn't bring anything else to you except that. That's how you've come to know of salvation. I... I viscerally presented this to you through words, which, which is, again, it's not a direct way of saying what you said, Chip, which is correct, which was they saw with the eyes of faith. But that's exactly what Paul's saying. The words, again, Romans 10, 17, faith comes through hearing, right? The words I preached to you were simple. Jesus Christ, a man they never knew or met. Think about this for a minute. They didn't know who this guy was. Mm -hmm. They knew nothing about this. And yet Paul, this Jew, comes riding into Galatia, announcing what had to be just a bizarre message. Listen, you guys are worshiping many gods. Do you feel saved yet? And the honest ones went, no, not really. (laughs) He says, here's the true God. And here's what he did. He came down here and he saved the world by dying for it on a cross of shame, which they would have been familiar with, the Roman cross. Absolutely, yeah. And then he rose again from the dead three days later. And you know this was received by many as foolishness because of what happened when he was at the Areopagus in Athens, right? They laughed at him. Mm -hmm. Paul's saying, I didn't come to you with any other argument except that. And just that simple message of Christ dying for you, the Messiah, the perfect son of God, paying for your sins, That's what opened your eyes. And now that Christ isn't enough. What what happened? What be who tricked you into thinking that you had something to offer an almighty God of wrath against sin? Do you really want to stand before him? Do you not 
realize that that cross is a picture of God's feelings towards your sin? Do you really want to stake your salvation on you doing more than Christ did for you? I think time is an enemy in terms of... What do you mean? um, Well, look at all the time that's passed since uh, Jesus died on the cross and was risen. If you walked into a room of 35 people today versus a thousand years ago, out of those 35 people, how many would know detailed scripture to, you know, versus a thousand years ago? Way, way more than what Paul walked into. Really? Oh, uh, undeniably. Paul, Paul walked into, they didn't even know the name Jesus. Cause I don't even, I think you walk into a room of 35 people today. The name Jesus, just, I'm talking detailed, like everyone knows who, but why do they need to know detail? Paul, Paul, because you have to understand how you're saved, what he did for us. You can know the name Jesus, but most of the people, when I even just recently, when Christmas passed and I bring it up, I'm like, you know, we have the whole Santa Claus talk with people at work or coffee, and and then they're like, you know, they're just blinded. Well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, this is Christ's birthday, mm-hmm. you know, and th- no doubt, uh, no doubt, and it is a scary thing that in our time there there are a shocking number of people who who just know nothing about Jesus and God. I would say that. As shocking as that is, in a room, to use your number, even in a room of 10 people, 10 randomly selected people, there's going to be at least a couple that are going to say, yeah, Jesus is supposed to be the son of God, and he died and rose again, and we're saved by that. In Paul's time, no Bible, right? No, no familiarity with it. And, and like I said, you can read the Bible to see. They, they thought he was crazy, to say that a man actually came back from the dead. This was the first time anybody was hearing about this in these territories. So there was nothing going for them. And I think the the reason I'm stressing that so much, they came to faith, not because of what they could understand. Right. They came to faith. And this is what Paul's saying through just the message. And, And again, going back to the discussion of where does faith come from? The word of God, and not just the word in print, but the the word proclaimed, the good news of Jesus, just that message delivers faith. There's no other explanation, and this is really what Jesus, what Paul is saying. There's no other reason why you would believe unless that simple message I gave you of Christ crucified is true, because I didn't give you a bunch of wisdom. I didn't give you a bunch of understanding. You didn't come to faith because you, how good you were or how much you understood. You believed with that simple thing of Christ crucified. That in and of itself, that you believe from such a simple thing, but yet such a powerful thing is the evidence that it's true. It's all Christ, him crucified for you. The God who gives life, the God who made Adam and Eve, who didn't ask to be alive, who just loved, has done the same thing for us in recreating us and saving us from the death we deserve because of our sin. He came and he did it. And the work that he begun, he is faithful to finish. And that's really how ultimately the Bible ends in Revelation. He's the Alpha He's the Omega. And in chapter 21, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. 
We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.